And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. podcast on the athletic network it's thursday march 11th we're back i'm j.e skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy trey kirby hey yo hey yo we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max lealis friend last but not least making the magic happen here today it's jd hello there he is here we are shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on youtube appreciate you guys please like comment and subscribe. Got a whole lot of no dunks content coming at you today. Yeah, we are back with a vengeance. Already had Tass's What You Need to Know. That's up in your podcast feed and on our No Dunks YouTube channel. Later today, the Top Shot Hot Boys are going to rip open a pack. Oh, baby! Yeah, we are. <laughs> Look at those mugs. About uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, I think we are going to try and go live on YouTube, talk a little Top Shot, and uh, rip a pack because, look, we were we were given a rising stars pack because we gave them two and a half hours of our life uh, last weekend doing the uh, the live stream doing the the twitch for them uh, for the uh, pack drop in queue there so uh, shout out to Top Shot for hooking us up with those we'll rip them and uh, see what we get that'll be fun and then later tonight halftime of the Celtics Nets game we got another watch party yeah a little NBA happy hour get your drinks get your beverages and come join us as we uh, just hang out and. Sort of watch the game, but really just catch up with each other. It's going to be a lot of uh, house talk, I think, tonight. Mm. A whole lot of house talk. We're talking (laughs) finances. Tune in to talk down payments, mortgages, and annual percentage rates. That's right. (laughs) Very happy hour topics. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, join us tonight. Join us for Top Shot, Hot Boys, all that good stuff. Uh, Email your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast 2, nodunksattheathletic.com, and immaculate items always available at nodunks.com. Yeah, look at big TK there in his big beef t-shirt. Big beef. Came at the perfect time. My six-year-old Isla is starting to read. Uh, So I put this on and big beef are pretty easy words to read when you're first learning. She's like, does that say big beef? I was like, oh yeah, it does. That's a lot of roast beef. Why do you always say that, daddy? I can't stop. So yeah, go grab that uh, at nodunks.com. Okay. It's great to be back. We got tons to talk about, of course. We're going to touch on last night's two games. Uh, We're going to actually critique all of the new earned edition jerseys. Yeah, a little uh, up-down report fun with all 16, I guess, of those jerseys that were released yesterday. We're also going to tackle some big questions about the second half of the NBA season. But first, yesterday, wow, out of nowhere, sort of, Spurs head coach Greg Popovich Lee, he announced that LaMarcus Aldridge and the team 
have agreed to mutually part ways. Now, Woj tweeted that there's a level of confidence that a trade partner will be found for Aldridge and that there's no movement right now towards a contract buyout. But I'm going to guess that if they can't find a trade partner, they will ultimately come to an agreement of some sorts and he will uh, be willing to join a team later on, like Blake Griffin. But, Lee, I guess from the trade potential angle... Do you have a best fit for LaMarcus Aldridge? Have you fired up the trade machine, man? You had a couple yeah. of days off. What do you got yeah. cooking over there, big guy? I, I, I think, I mean, the trade machine have broken up again, oh. you know, because oh. I was out and then what? I was in. I was in so heavy into it, and now I'm just like, oh, it's too complicated <laughs> to try to find those salaries to work. But, look, the Spurs are in a pretty good position here because they've got about two weeks to figure out a trade partner there for LaMarcus Aldridge. And I think when you've got a player of his caliber, he's a veteran, he's been around forever. Now, look, the numbers are down a bit. That's, of course, he's 35 years old. Mm -hmm. But I think there'll be a lot of interest in him. So the Spurs can play a bit of a game of chicken here with the rest of the league because I think there's so many teams going, oh, man, we'll we'll take him on the buyout market. But I'm not sure that there's a lot of legit contenders that have the assets that they can give up right now, or certainly they would be prepared to give up for a potential rental of a guy like him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in that sense, the Spurs are just going to sit back and say, you know, because once you say we've agreed to part ways, you know that he's not returning to the team and they will buy him out. So, uh, you know, at some point, but by then, if you're a team, let's say like the Boston Celtics, perhaps you can't afford to wait until then. And you have that little trade exception there from the Kemba Walker deal, which could work in terms of like just absorbing it. But what would you give up? for the Spurs to entice them to do it. They've got all those draft picks as well there from uh, Danny Age. I think that's pretty much what the Spurs are looking for. But would LaMarcus Aldridge want to go to the Celtics? Are they a legit contender? I think they can be. I think at their best they are. Mm -hmm. But I think he's probably uh, looking for a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who I think could certainly use him. But, of course, they've got Chris Middleton there. They're a team that uh, I think could use another veteran. But does LaMarcus Aldridge go and say, well, I'm going to be coming off the bench in this scenario? I'm not sure. I mean, again, he may not have the final say. Anyway, the Spurs might just say, listen, this is what a team's giving us. You're going to that team. You can figure out the rest from there. Uh, I think if you're a team like the Phoenix Suns, who are going to make the playoffs, they would love to have a veteran come onto their team and uh, just be another steady hand, you know, potentially starting, probably maybe coming off the bench. Who knows? Those things to be figured out. But certainly if you're the you're the Suns right now with Chris Paul there, you're like, yes, we need another guy who can come out there and give us a bucket because the regular season is completely different to the playoffs. And outside of Chris Paul, of course, and Jay Crowder and a couple other guys, you know, the younger players, Aiton and De- uh, Devin Booker, have not tasted playoff experience. So they could certainly use uh, another steady hand. Now, LaMarcus Aldridge, Not a great defender, not even a great rebounder for a guy his size, but late in the game, you know that sort of uh, baseline turnaround mid-range shot is just cash. So he would certainly provide value. Um, So which team is prepared to give up the most to satisfy the Spurs in these two weeks rather than wait to try to get LaMarcus Aldridge in that sort of scrap for a a potential buyout situation, which then LaMarcus Aldridge can go wherever he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you are the Phoenix Suns, again, without going into the trade machine to seeing figuring out how it works, I would be the one making the biggest push for them because I think they really do need uh, just that, just another veteran, another right. guy with a lot you of experience. You think the fit makes sense there? I think so. Probably think coming so. off the bench, I, I, I would assume still, but uh, I hear what you're saying there. I think that's a team uh, atop a lot of people's list in terms of a fit. Um, but you're right. The contracts, making it work is the difficult part, right, Trey? I mean, you know, there are the trade exceptions and all that, and some teams even have cap. Uh, space, but a lot for most teams, I think like 19 million dollars has to go back uh, to the Spurs if you were to be traded, and that's 
you know, just difficult, especially the Spurs don't have a lot of open roster spots. Um, and who, what are they taking back? Are they taking long-term money? You don't you doubt that. So it is difficult. Do you have another team, though, that you'd like to see Aldridge uh, try and make his way to, either in a potential trade or maybe even the bio market? Yeah, it's going to be very funny if the Spurs come out and they're finally like, well, we're ready. We're going to be making a trade here during the middle of the season. But then it ends up that they have to buy him out and do it that way. That'll be very odd to see. Yeah. Uh, it feels like the Spurs are going to change things up, but we'll see how it actually plays out. Because like you're saying, a $24 million deal, it's hard to find uh, a suitable partner for somebody that's going to, that you know, a team that's actually close enough that Aldridge would help. I certainly think he does help the Celtics. We've got a lot of Beantown Boys fans uh, in the stream team saying, we don't want him. We got Suns fans saying, we don't want him. I mm-hmm. think that acquiring Aldridge at this point you're not getting the LaMarcus Aldridge of the Portland Trailblazers a few seasons ago. You're not even getting the LaMarcus Aldridge that dragged the Spurs to the playoffs a few times. You're getting a guy who hopefully will be able to give you a 10-point quarter at some point in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think would be huge, and a depth piece, uh, which is why the Suns, I do think, makes sense. You know, they've kind of switched between starting Frank Kaminsky and Jay Crowder. Uh, so those are a couple of guys who are not firmly established as starters, so maybe Aldridge could slide in as a starter there. I don't necessarily know that that's what they want, but it's an option and certainly a more reliable guy than at least Frank Kaminsky since he's been in the playoffs there. But to me, the move is going back to Portland. I think it would be very similar to Carmelo Anthony uh, coming from being out of the league to going to a team that just needs him to to do a few things here. You know what I'm saying? Scoring, uh, being somebody who's reliably on the court, which has been a little bit of a problem for the Blazers' big men. I think it just gives them another piece and a little bit more depth, which is what the Blazers have needed the past couple of seasons. Not to mention, there have been reports that Aldridge does want to go back to Portland to join up with Damian Lillard there again at the end of his career. We're at the end of his career. It feels like he's on the move. So I can see Portland making sense, except from the standpoint that most of these good teams are in the Western Conference. Are the Spurs going to trade with a team in the Western Conference that's ahead of them that they're theoretically chasing? I think the Spurs know where they're at. They're not a title contender right now. They're obviously building for the future, but you could still be hesitant to trade within the conference, I would think. Yeah, but again, I, I, I'm with you on all that. Uh, it sort of makes sense. Maybe there's minutes there, you know, especially I guess they're hoping Nurk is coming back somewhat soon uh, up in Portland. But it's like, wow, like, you know, again, outside of the buyout market and stuff like that, if they came to agreement and then he could just pick his team and sort of sign there. It's like, what would the Blazers have to send back to the Spurs? Like, contract, right? I mean, Rodney Hood, I guess, has to be in the mix. And and obviously, you'd, you would assume some young talent. Is it Nasir Little and stuff like that? Like, it's, it gets difficult just for LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, mm-hmm. who, like you said, at this point in his career, guys played a ton of minutes. Um, you know, maybe you're hoping for a quarter in a playoff game. And that's good, you know, if you're not giving up a ton for them. But, yeah, I don't know if you're trading three or four guys just for that. Uh, does it really, does he take anybody over the hump uh, to a, a legit title contender? I don't think so. I think most people would agree with that. But, yeah, someone's going to want him. And Miami's name's come up a ton. Sixers have come up. You know, is he like a, you could see him paired with uh, Ben Simmons uh, when Embiid is off. You know, Dwight's there as the backup big. But, a, a different look for them uh, as a shooting big man in LaMarcus Aldridge outside of Dwight. You know, pair him with Ben Simmons in that second unit there. Okay. Uh, the Lakers, too, of course, have come up, too. Um, you know, are they worried about Montrez Harrell being able to finish games because of his defensive liabilities? Marcus Saul, ugh. You know, sometimes... No. 
No, he doesn't. He doesn't. But he's a big dude. LaMarcus Aldridge is a is a, a sneaky big dude. He always has been in this league. Like, I forget what he's listed at, but we've seen him in person. He's gigantic. He's one of those, like, whoa, hold on. How big are you? What are you listed as? You're bigger than that. So, yeah, you're right, Lee. But Marcus All is, you know, doesn't want to shoot it half the time. Isn't a threat. Um, Aldridge is. He still is. I mean, you know, given the space, I, I have confidence in him hitting a shot at least. On the offensive end, for sure, you'd love to have him on late in the game because you just know that shot, like I was saying earlier, that mid-range shot is still cash. You know, he still gets that, knocks that down. It's just what does he cost you on the other end of the floor? And, and you know, for the Lakers, I don't think they have the assets anyway to match up. So they'd be one of those teams just waiting, hoping that he makes it at least to the buyout market. Mm-hmm. So then they can potentially add him because, uh, you know, it's the same with the Clippers. I think they would they would like to have him as well. I mean, because of that reliability of that offensive game, uh, you know, a lot of teams will want to have him. It's just who's going to prepare to give up anything of real significance, knowing that he might only be there for two months. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Expiring contract at $24 million. You're right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Exciting, though. The Spurs might actually do something here during the season. I think, uh, when's the last time they traded a player mid-season? It's 2014, right? Nando, Nando DiColo yeah. for Austin Day. Day. Yeah. Legendary. I remember we had actually, we did a show about it. This was a starter show. Remember, I think it was the first one we did an episode in Studio V because something was going on down there. So we had to go record up in the studio that would eventually become our studio. Okay. Uh, but it was set up for NASCAR at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we ended up talking uh, NASCAR and Nando and, of course, Nando's chicken. Least favorite <laughs> place to go get fast food. <laughs> All right. We will wait to see what the Spurs do with Aldridge. Okay, guys, uh, as everybody knows, All-Star break is over. Time to look ahead. Gear up for the home stretch uh, of the regular season and then the play-in tournament and then the playoffs. So I got a bunch of pressing questions for you guys here and for everybody in the stream team and everybody listening. So, uh, you know, chime in in the comments or tweet at us if you're listening to the podcast later at No Dunks Inc. First one, Lee. Uh, actually, we'll start with you, Trey. We'll get to you in a second, Lee. You got the Western Conference, big question. <laughs> but we're staying in the East first. Trey, are the Nets the team to beat? Uh, in the Eastern Conference or in the league, especially now with adding Blake Griffin to the mix, which we talked about briefly on a happy hour uh, on the All-Star Weekend one, but what do you think? I think they're, at the very least, the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Since acquiring James Harden, only the Jazz have a better record in the entire league, and that's with eight to nine games of Kevin Durant. I forgot to check about that one game he didn't start, but... uh. <laughs> James Harden and Kevin Durant have not played a lot together. None, nonetheless, the, the the Nets have been incredible. In the pre-Harden days, we talked about Kevin Durant being the best defender on the Nets, the most important player. He's still probably their best player. I mean, I guess you can't really say since Harden has been completely balling out while KD has been injured here. But Kevin Durant covered every single problem for the Nets uh, before James Harden showed up. So you have to imagine... They're going to get better once Kevin Durant comes back because it hasn't been any sort of growing pains at all with uh, bringing in another ball handler and James Harden. The Nets, furthermore, are 15-4 and four versus over 500 teams, by far the best in the Eastern Conference. The defense, it's going to be an issue. They get torched inside, bottom five in points in the paint and second-chance points. They're going to be going up against guys like Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who obviously crush it inside. So certainly that is a worry, but... I don't really have a lot of concerns with the Nets. Uh, they ramped their defense up, obviously, against better teams. It's going to be tough for anybody to stop Embiid and Giannis, but yeah. it's also going to be impossible to stop the Nets on the other end. And that's, uh, that's why I'm so in on this team. I love to see a team that is so bad on defense but so great on offense that everybody's like, take your hat off to them. I don't know how we're going to stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the Blake Griffin signing, I think he helps. 
The guys are getting, they're getting him for nothing. And they're currently playing Jeff Green 26 minutes a game. DeAndre Jordan, 22 minutes a game. Bruce Brown, 21 minutes a game. All you need from Blake Griffin is to be as good as one of those guys one every four nights. That's all you're really wanting from right. Blake Griffin. Move the ball, hit some threes when you're open, grab some rebounds if you can. He had an eight three-pointer game this year. He had a five three-pointer game this year. You know, it's tough to look at the names like LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and not expect them to be all-star level players. All you really need is for them to be solid role players. And I think adding Blake without taking anything away from the team, why would you not do that? I think that's a smart move by the Nets. And I think they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. What do you think, Lee? You agree with uh, TK, both his take on Blake Griffin helping them out and uh, their chances to at least get to the finals in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, a healthy Kevin Durant deal tells me the Nets are the best team and the one to beat in the Eastern Conference because he's just such an incredible talent and he just shifts the balance, I think, of power. Without him, I think it is a little closer. Mm-hmm. But if he comes back and is fully healthy and plays the way that he did this early this season when we saw him playing before the coronavirus and then the hamstring injury, I, I really don't think a team can beat the Nets uh, four times out of seven games. And Blake Griffin, he, he's a he's an uh, upgrade and an insurance policy on them, I think, because if you saw many uh, Pistons games this year, and they were a tough watch, the ones that I did see, Blake Griffin... Just wasn't interested. He was uh, he was like, what's the point of this? I'm not going anywhere. I'm nowhere near trying to compete for a championship. Didn't I'd he make... take like 15 threes in like his second game? Yeah, 16. <laughs> 16 yeah. apparently. Yeah. 16, he, so yeah. he was kind of, it was a cry yeah. for help really at that point. He was saying, okay, I came here. I gave it a go. He was all NBA. Remember that first season in Detroit? Yeah. And he looked mm-hmm. rejuvenated. But understandably now he's like, there's no point in me being here. So he was prepared to give back some money to give himself a, a situation where he's more likely to contend. And he gets that now in Brooklyn. And, and as Trey mentioned there, all, all he really needs to do is be better than some of those other role players they've got and come out. And like we saw, said with LaMarcus Aldridge, it, it, there'll be a game where Blake Griffin probably has 25, 30 points, looks great, hits a few threes, you know, is moving the ball and is moving around really well. And it's like, yeah, I mean, for, for nothing – yeah. The Nets picked up a star player. The defensive end just doesn't really matter all that much because we know that Nets can play defense when they want, but they're all about just offensive options. So, you know, coming down the stretch, I expect, you know, they'll probably rest one or two of these guys here. So if you can have Blake Griffin come in and fill in for those guys who do sit out, then it's great to have. So I think uh, I think this just really solidifies the Nets as the best team, again, assuming everyone's healthy, which is mm-hmm. always the uh, criteria for any team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he I still think he's only 31. He feels a lot older, and he's obviously, uh, you know, he's had a lot of injuries over his career. But I think he's still got enough in the tank to be in a situation where he knows he's no longer the star player, of course. He can just go out there and uh, produce in shorter spurts. and uh, That should be great for the Nets. Lee, who do you think is the biggest challenger in the Eastern Conference to the Nets? Is it is it the Philadelphia 76ers? Is it the Bucs? Is it another team like the Heat or Celtics? Yeah, I mean, it should be the Bucs. It should be. But I think so far what we've seen, it's probably the Philadelphia 76ers because Joel Embiid has really staked his claim to be MVP and, and you know, best player in the league this season. Mm-hmm. You know, will he win it? Maybe, maybe not. I think there's no question as long as he stays healthy, he's going to finish top three because he's been incredible. But the challenge now for Philadelphia will be can they finish the season the way they started? Can they be as good on both ends of the floor? Can they get that same production out of Joel Embiid? Has he got the stamina to go an entire season and then a playoffs as well? So that's a big question. He and Ben Simmons have clearly have looked better this year under Doc Rivers. The Sixers have been great at, at most of the time. Uh, I think it's them right now, but as I say, it should be Milwaukee. I expect a better second-half performance from the Milwaukee Bucks simply because they have Giannis still. You know, they've got largely the same team that has been into the playoffs last two seasons. 
and maybe that experience sort of does pay off at some point where they realize like okay we've got to we've got to translate our regular season success into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's great. I mean, you know, I don't I, talking about the Nets here. I don't think they just sweep their way through the Eastern Conference. I think you know, there's there's some really good teams there. Miami Heat's another one. You know, the Celtics when they get it together, they're a very good team as well. So there's a lot of teams, you know, sort of pretty much in the mix there. But uh, while you have Kevin Durant on your team, you are the favorite for me. Right. Yeah. And you agree with that, Trey? Is it, is it Philadelphia to you? Is it, or is it Milwaukee? Where do you go? Yeah, Philadelphia is right there, honestly, with the Nets with me. I still got the Nets a little bit ahead once they get Kevin Durant back, but Embiid has been a special player this year. The defense is obviously great, and they just seem to make a little bit more sense offensively. Doc Rivers gets the most out of Tobias Harris. Uh, I don't really think Tobias Harris is going to be a matchup concern uh, for the Nets. Uh, If it's uh, Kevin Durant versus Tobias Harris, I'll take uh, the Nets' chances on that one. But I do think that Philadelphia is is the next best team in yeah. the Eastern Conference. And I think they could get better as well, as we've seen uh, with uh, some of the trade talks they've been involved with here. We'll see what kind of moves they make down the stretch here at the trade deadline because uh, I don't think the team that we're seeing from Philly will be the same one that we see come playoff time. Love this question, though, from Rap Stallion on the stream team who says, sure. do you guys think Blake Griffin will get his first dunk of the year yes. as a net? Yeah. Yeah, I would say lock I think it in so. as well. Yeah, you know, even if it's like a, a sort of a cheap fast break one or something like that. Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he will. It's not like he can't actually dunk anymore. It's uh, yeah, uh, chances are few and far between, and he's lost a bit of the hops. It's not going to be a poster, I don't think. On <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll be a dunk. I mean, if we had Steph Curry and uh, Chris Paul throwing down dunks in the All Star game. Well, hell, the Nets are basically an all-star team uh, with all the talent they have out there. Yeah, put me down for a yes, Lee. Are you go? You going at least one from Blake in a Nets uniform? Uh, I think we actually are going to see a bit of a throwback, like a uh, putback dunk from Blake Griffin. Oh, I think. okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, I, yeah, I think he's going to be just, again, so excited to be on a team where he's a chance to win again. He's going to be energetic, and he's like, yes, I'm going to do this. And he gets that putback, and uh, it's like Blake is back. Everything's uh-huh. back this year. Oh, yeah. Everything is back. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep it going here because we got a couple great questions still. Uh, we'll go to the West, like I said. We talk a lot about the Lakers and the Clippers, Lily, but I want to know, are the Utah Jazz and or the Phoenix Suns legit title contenders, in your opinion? Are you including them in, you know, whatever is a is a small handful of teams that could win a chip this year? Are the Jazz and Suns in there? Uh, the Jazz are, the Suns are not yet. And uh, simply because, for the, I'll start with the Utah Jazz. They've been yep. incredibly impressive this season on both ends of the floor. Uh, they play around about nine guys most nights and everyone contributes. Mm-hmm. They know their roles. They're well coached. They're deep. They've got a great bench. I think uh, this team, at the end of last season, could have gone one of two ways. They could have fired Quinn Snyder quite easily and said, okay, we can't afford to lose in the playoffs in the first round again after having a 3-1 lead. And they could have said, you know what, Rudy and Donovan Mitchell, there was some tension there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we w- move on from one of those guys, most likely Rudy. Instead, they came back and said, no, we're going to give you $200 million. We believe you're our center for the next you know, five seasons here. And they kept Quinn Snyder. I think that's a good message from the front office to say, you know, obviously things didn't go our way, but we believe in this team and we believe in what we've built here. And I think you're seeing that trust out on the court now. I think you're seeing those guys because they play together. They look like they really understand each other's role. Jordan Clarkson's having an incredible season. I think he's an absolute lock to win six man of the year. You're getting Joe Ingles playing well. Mike Conley was an all-star. Finally made it as an all-star, <laughs> even though he came in the back door. It doesn't matter. He got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Donovan Mitchell, he stepped his game up. And Rudy, I think for the most part, has been fantastic. He's likely to win. Defensive Player of the Year, so I think the Jazz will uh, are a legit title contender, even right. though the playoffs last couple of seasons haven't been great for them. 
The Phoenix Suns, it's so much harder to go from not even being in the playoffs for the last five or six seasons or, or when was it? No, it's like 10, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's hard to go from not even being at the playoffs to a legit title contender immediately. I just don't think they are today. I think uh, certainly top four is within reach and, and, and you know, getting beyond that first round of the playoffs, which would be progress. Not for Chris Paul. He would like to go further. But for the younger players, you know, like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, of course, they're two franchise pieces. I think that is going to be progress. But I can't see the Suns going so far in their first time in the playoffs, beating potentially the Lakers and the Clippers potentially the Jazz right, and the right. Nuggets. All- I was going to say, would you have the Suns beating, if it just the playoffs started today and it was, you know, the Suns playing one of three teams, let's say, the Nuggets, the Blazers, or the Mavericks, you know, are the Suns favorites in that series, Trey, in any of those three series? Um, you know, I think they're a great team. We've talked about them here on the show, but I, I, I'm sort of agreeing with Lee that I don't have them. I can't see them in one year here, like into the playoffs going super far with the obviously these talented teams in the West, but what do you think? I think the Nuggets would certainly be a favorite against uh, the, the Suns. Suns if it came down to it in the playoffs. Blazers, probably a toss-up, and I would probably take the Suns over the Mavericks at this point, though the okay. Mavericks have looked a little bit better. Uh, but I think Lee nailed it. The Jazz are definitely a title contender. Uh, they've got the best offense in the league, I think, currently. a uh, Second best offense in the league currently. Fourth on in defense, first in net rating. They've hit 15 or more threes in 24 of their 36 games. So if you play defense like that and you're able to get that hot from three-point line, it doesn't matter who you're playing. That includes the Lakers. If you're able to shoot, you know, 45% from three, making 17 or 18 a night, that's a really tough squad to beat. They've been playing incredible. Weird question, though. Devin Booker, all-star replacement, but then got replaced by Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. You still calling Devin Booker an all-star this season? If he was an injury replacement who then got replaced? I guess, yeah, the answer is going to be yeah for me because I'm sure it's It's added to his basketball basketball reference. reference. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, it's got (laughs) him. You think they updated already? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see. Yes, they have. They've got a star next to his name there. Wow. uh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is a sneaky way. You could just just name like 20 all-stars and just not have them play. Uh, that's a interesting. Qu- quite the workaround, yeah. Okay. But uh, still an all-star caliber player, we can say, at the yes. very least. Same yeah. with Chris Paul. Uh, but the Suns, you got to be there. You got to at least have gone through some playoff tribulations. Even the Warriors, when they made their huge jump of Stephen Curry becoming an MVP candidate, becoming the first unanimous MVP. Prior to that, they were in the playoffs. They had, who did yeah. they beat that one year? The Spurs, I believe. Or maybe they lost to the Spurs in they lost to the Spurs in fourteen. They beat the Nuggets, the three seed Nuggets in fourteen, lost to the Spurs in a close one. So you gotta have some sort of defeat. You gotta have something to overcome to get to the title. It's just not that easy. That's just not how it works. And like we said, they've been starting Frank Kaminsky, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton. These are um not top notch players in the front court compared to some of the teams that we've seen in the Western Conference. But I think the Suns definitely got a chance at home court advantage uh, mm-hmm. come playoff time. It's going to be really tight, no doubt about it, between kind of the three through six teams probably. But I don't have the Suns as a title contender. The Jazz, though, definitely. Okay, I, I would agree with that. Uh, a-, a good Suns season, I think, is winning a playoff series would be huge. I mean, just to go to the second round with this uh, with this bunch and obviously Booker's first taste of the playoffs, though he sort of had the, the bubble playoffs sort of last year where they went 8-0. Uh, I guess somewhat similar, being uh, big stakes for them trying to get in. But yeah, uh, a first round 
playoff series win and then a tough, you know, second round loss, that's a good, good year for the Phoenix Suns who haven't made it. I think it is a decade, right, Lee? I don't yeah. know if you checked that. It's a long time that they haven't been there. Okay. And the Jazz, I'm with you guys. They're, they're for real. Uh, next one. Which team is facing the most pressure in the second half of the season? You can go a number of ways with this one. I, I'm interested to hear your answers, Trey. For me, it's the Beantown boys. Sorry, mm. Celtics. They finished the first half of the season awesome. Four-game winning streak. Finished uh, the first half 19-17, and 17, but prior to that four-game winning streak, 3-8 uh, and eight for the Celtics in their 11 games prior to that. And during that time, Jalen Brown brought up the fact that he'd never lost that much as a Celtic, which is true. Him and Jason Tatum have been successful from uh, the jump in their NBA careers. Jalen Brown has made three Eastern Conference Finals in four seasons so far. Uh, that's pretty crazy stuff. So to see the, uh, the Celtics struggling like they were there at the end of February, beginning of March, was pretty surprising. I think they've just got a lot of pressure, though, because you're seeing that Kemba Walker isn't necessarily a reliable third guy right now. There were talks that he could even be their first guy, maybe their second guy, but... On the nights when he looks great, the Celtics look like they're really tough. They look almost unbeatable because he gives them another off-the-dribble creator. He's also great at kind of filling in the gaps between people. Uh, but when he has a, an off night, it becomes a lot of responsibility for Tatum and Brown, who are both great one-on-one -on -one players, becoming good playmakers, but that's not necessarily their strength. It'll help getting Marcus Smart back. He's a guy that is a real glue guy for them on the defensive end, but even just his ball-moving and decision-making on the offensive end, I think, has been pretty solid this season. There are moves to be made, though, for the Celtics, and I think they actually need to make one here. The trade exception they have is the biggest one in NBA history. That's crazy, and they actually need help this year. So Danny Ainge, we know, always gets in the mix for some players. We always hear about the guys that the Celtics don't trade for. This is a year they actually need to make a move. It's looking like Harrison Barnes might be the call for the yeah. Celtics. He's having a nice season. For the Sacramento Kings, I've watched too many Kings games, and it always feels like Harrison Barnes is making plays down the stretch. Does he totally solve what the Celtics need? I don't think so, but if they're able to acquire him only sending out $9 million and he slides into that trade exception, I think that's probably a good mood for them. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, the Celtics as a team that's uh, under some pressure here. Like, it comes down to Kemba Walker, too, for me with the Celtics. And he started to get it going as they started getting some of those Ws. Started to look like, you know, old Kemba, uh, Hornets Kemba a little bit, which is huge. He has to be a pretty special player, I think, for them to go very, very deep. And uh, he, again, he, he started to find his legs a little bit, and the shot was starting to drop. So that's a big one. But maybe they have that move to be made still in Harrison Barnes. He helps. Um, you're right, though. Does it, adding Harrison Barnes ma immediately make you a title contender? I, I don't I don't think so. Um, Lee, where do you go with this one? Uh, is it a team like trying to get in the playoffs? Is it a team trying to win a title, go deep in the playoffs? Where do you go? I just can't wait for the Spurs and Celtics to almost make a trade here for LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> I think that'll, uh, in a mid-season one. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going back to the Milwaukee Bucks because uh, – you know, last season was the, the big question as to whether or not Giannis would sign the extension. Okay, he did that. So he he committed to the franchise. Now the pressure is on the Bucks because they cannot possibly afford to be out of the playoffs in anything short than the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. Otherwise, I think Budenholzer's gone. I think he's no matter what after that. Mm -hmm. So Milwaukee, uh, you know, Giannis has given the commitment to the franchise. If they can't get to at least the Conference Finals this stage, then what do they do with that team going forward? Do they move on from Chris Middleton? You know, do they do they decide that he isn't the player? Uh, you know, they brought in Drew Holiday, of course, over the summer to try to uh, improve their backcourt game. Now, what do they do with him? Is he is he a part of their future as well? So I think there's so many questions here for them for the Milwaukee Bucks that they have to answer because 
two seasons ago, we know what happened. They led the Raptors by two games to zero in the Eastern Conference Finals and lost. And it's like, okay, kind of like we're saying here with the Suns, you almost need a little bit of experience first. Yeah. That was the one that you can kind of ride off to down to just like, you know what, that's just what it takes to, you have to learn your lessons in the playoffs. But last season, you know, going out in the second round to the Miami Heat, that was a, a, a disaster really for Milwaukee. They didn't look great at any point down in that bubble. So now this season, they haven't been great, but I don't, you know, I, I think they're still, again, when you look at them and you, you see the potential of what they can do offensively and defensively, they're as good as anyone at their best. But uh, what will happen now in the playoffs this season? Because that, to me, is where the big question is going to be answered. And this team could look drastically different next season if they flame out again. And for me, flaming out is anything short of the conference finals. Yeah, and there's no uh, Eric Bledsoe to take the blame. <laughs> I mean, he's not there. So it's uh, going to go to Budenholzer, I would assume, or maybe someone else that struggles for them. Maybe it's Middleton that comes up short. But that's a good one. Like, they have to go far. We all agree with that. Uh, next one here, Lee, we'll start with you. Who will be the biggest name to be traded slash acquired um, at the deadline? Now, we've talked Aldridge. Uh, um, is there anyone else that comes to mind, though? Well, there's some big names sort of out there. I mean, Andre Drummond, he's been basically not playing for the last month here while the Cavs move on from him. Uh, And Kevin Love as well, his teammate, I think he's looking to move. But I sort of feel those guys, um, you know, they've sort of been talked about a lot this season. I think someone who could be uh, moved, who's a reasonable name, is uh, Lonzo Ball. I think um, the Pelicans didn't – Dave Griffin chose not to extend his contract at the end of last season. He's a restricted free agent after this season. And he started off a little bit sluggishly, but he's actually been playing pretty he's well. He's balling now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been nice. playing well in February nice. and March. So I think that's great for the Pelicans because I think that does increase his trade value. And if you're the Pelicans and you've decided he is not our, our point guard going forward, then maybe now is the time to try to cash in on him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans do. There's been some talks. There's been a lot of guys in trade rumors for the Pelicans because their season hasn't gone quite as they had have hoped either. So maybe they try to cash in now, sell high a little bit on uh, Lonzo Ball. He's uh, mm-hmm. a frustrating player at times, you know, but when that shot is going, when he's playing defense, you can just sort of see his confidence is just uh, at, at a completely different level. But do you believe in his, him as a shooter and as a scorer? And even as a playmaker, do you believe he could be uh, a part of the future? So I wouldn't be surprised if the, uh, if the uh, Pelicans move on. I think there'll be enough interest as well because he hasn't got a gigantic contract and he is a restricted free agent. So whichever mm-hmm. team trades for him, does get a little bit of a, a, a sample to see if they want to make him a part of their future. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's the Pelicans and Lonzo Ball. Yeah, especially, too, when you look at their roster and they do have guards that, in theory, they would give minutes to in, in Alexander Walker. Shout out to a good Canadian boy. And uh, Lewis, of course, their pick. So, okay, Lonzo, despite him playing really well, um, because he feels like a great fit with Zion, too, Lee, is the, is the counter to that, right? Um, especially when he's got his confidence going. He plays defense. He's not afraid to find Zion, feed him, throw him the lobs. So we'll see what uh, David Griffin does. Do you have another name to add to the mix, TK? You might want to mute me, Skates. It's Kyle Lowry. Oh, hold on. Groat? The Groat, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of smoke around Kyle Lowry. The guy just came out and said, someday I'm going to retire a Raptor. (laughs) You got to leave the Raptors to retire. To come back on a one-year or a one-day contract, it just feels a little bit like uh, things are changing for Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, he is in trade rumors right now. He's going to be. Were he to change, were he to change teams, he would be a difference maker, no doubt about it. He's a guy that can play easily for the Clippers. He could easily play for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's going to fit in exactly where he. 
wherever he ends up. Mm-hmm. It just feels like there's a lot of talk about the rumors. I'm always willing to buy a Toronto Raptors rumor, though, uh, mostly to get Skeets fired up here. Like <laughs> anytime Masai Ujiri is being uh, <laughs> recruited by the New York Knicks, I think he's gone. So, of course, I think <laughs> Kyle Lowry is gone here. It's going to be his call 100%. The Raptors obviously turned it around after a tough start to the season. Kyle Lowry will have his number retired. Retired. He will have a statue outside of the Scotiabank Arena. But it feels like he's perhaps at least thinking about leaving the Raptors, mm-hmm. whether it be at the trade deadline, maybe in the summer as a free agent. He would be a huge name, though. Probably the biggest name acquired as a trade, though it feels like we're going to have some all-stars moving teams, no doubt about it, because like you're saying, we're talking about Kevin Love, we're talking about Andre Drummond, we're talking about LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin already changed teams. If this was 10 years ago, these are some of the biggest names in the league right now, so big names are moving, they're not at the tops of their games. That being said, we're seeing some movement, and I would not be surprised if if Kyle Lowry is also on the way out. Yeah, Lowry, those were interesting comments that he, uh, he was in a good mood, Lowry was, talking to the media. He, He was like, you know, putting it all out there like on one hand he was saying don't buy these rumors at all like right but then you're right trey he was also saying like you know i love this team i love this organization one day when it's all said and done i will actually retire as a raptor and you're right uh to sort of do the old one day contract thing you would have to come back so is he sort of setting up the uh, possibility that would move on but then he talks about a great this team it's so weird what he was saying a bunch of everything so i don't really know what to believe and his contract is obviously huge it's not easy to find a trade partner the sixers makes sense i think uh i think they should be very aggressive in trying Mm -hmm. to get kyle lowry a hundred percent they should go all in especially with the nets looking like the way they are and how good they are you had lowry i mean now we're talking in a hell of a series between those two teams and what would it take i mean it's going to take the contract fillers of like whatever green scott maybe a seth curry um and then a young piece like a, a thibel or a maxi you would think from the raptors side of things but that's a weird one too because like i love the idea of adding lowry but i don't if i'm the sixers like love the idea of giving up a bunch of shooting if if especially curry's in the mix there maybe even green i know he's hit or miss so that's a tough decision i guess but lowry does feel like he takes you to the next level We'll see. Uh, whatever Kyle Lowry wants, I'll be happy. If he actually just came out and was like, no, trade me to uh, trade me to the Sixers, I think they would try and make it happen. I, th- I think they would. Totally. Um, but he's also not going to do that because he's not going to want to, like, I wouldn't think, try and screw Masai Ujiri. Like, as soon as he says that, that team, well, then the trade package from Maury coming back obviously diminishes and stuff like that. So we'll see. I guess if I'm a betting man, Lee, I actually think he finishes the season with the Raptors and then leaves in the offseason. So do I. That's why I, 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 right I, I think he ultimately he will stay there. Uh, I, I saw someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, said the Raptors have no plans to trade Kyle Lowry. That's not, they are not trading Kyle Lowry. That's right. no plan. Things can change very quickly in two weeks. But I, I just think the Raptors are still in the mix right now. And if you if you trade Kyle Lowry, you are moving on from him. I don't think he's going to not be there next season. So that's fine. You've got those younger players, you know, OG and Pascal, of course, and Fred, who signed his big contract. That's the future of this team. But mm-hmm. playoff Kyle Lowry, give me that guy any day the week I, I you know he, he didn't have a great start to his Raptors playoff career but by the end of it man yeah. you're, you're not winning a series without Kyle playing at his best so uh I think the Raptors still again when you look at the Eastern Conference there are teams you know the Nets and the, and the Sixers and the Bucks who we've talked about but I, I just don't think the Raptors fear any of those guys I think the Raptors know that if they get if they, their, their experience and the players that they've got if they all reach their level you know the Raptors are in the mix here so um 
I, I just don't think you trade him away for pennies on the dollar right now at this point of the season. I, I think you uh, hang on to him and see what you've got. And then at the end of the season, it's a bit of a smoother transition uh, when he moves away because I just don't see him returning in a playing capacity for the Raptors after this season at all. Right. Final one here. Which team is primed to make a surprise second half run? TK, get us started. I don't know if it's a surprise because they're a good team, but I think the Nuggets are going to be pretty solid here in the second half of the season. They've got 20 of their 36 games at home, the most in the league. Obviously, Nikola Jokic has been balling out all season. He's an MVP candidate, and he has been since the start of the season. Doesn't look like he's slowing down. Doesn't look like he's wearing down at all, dealing with fatigue. He's been incredible all year long. He will continue to be, I think, Uh, Jamal Murray is improving by the month. I think a lot of the reason we saw the Nuggets looking pretty solid going into the All-Star break is because Murray found a shot. I think he scored 22 or more in 12 straight games. That's a weird cherry pick stat for you, but it (laughs) means he's actually shooting the ball well. And obviously, when Jamal Murray is a reliable second option, sometimes first option, the Nuggets ceiling definitely rises I also think Michael Porter Jr. has been a lot better playing as a power forward. He's been hitting the glass a little bit more, scoring more easily. He just can't really stick out there on the perimeter. Playing as a stretch four is his position. And if he's able to raise his level to where we saw in the bubble games, obviously that helps uh, the Nuggets as well. The defense has really steadied. They're a middle-of-the-pack team right here, uh, you know, right around 14th, 15th. They just need to really click and put together a win streak here. Likely that comes playing all these games at Ball Arena. With uh, We know that everybody's got a really jam-packed second half of the season here. So having the home court advantage of the altitude in Denver, I think will be advantageous, no doubt, to the Nuggets. I'd like to see them put something together heading into the playoffs. I think they've got a chance uh, at a top four seed still here. I think the Lakers, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Lakers, how long they keep Anthony Davis out and whether they're able to, whether they even care to put together a run at a one or two seed, but it's likely they stay there. The Jazz are still going to stay in the top four. They could easily catch the Blazers. I think the Nuggets could, and the Suns is a question mark. Are they going to be this good for the entirety of the second half of the season? Probably. They're a good team, but I think the Nuggets are also a really good team, so... The race for home court advantage in the West, it's going to be intense. And there's another team that you've seen at times or heard the, uh, the little birdies chirping Lowry possibility. The Nuggets could put something together and try and acquire him. Sure. I mean, again, Lowry fits on so many teams. He, he really does, but uh, it's what's going back and if the Raptors want to move on from him. Okay, I like that one. Uh, and Lee, finish this off here. You know, surprise second half run. Which team do you have pegged? Well, the Miami Heat are only a game back of the uh, Celtics for fourth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're eleven and five in their last sixteen games. Uh, they were seven and thirteen, and we we're wondering, hmm, wonder if the Heat maybe just uh, punched above their weight last season. But I think uh, once this team gets Jimmy Butler uh, working hard and being the man out there, Bam playing great, and uh, obviously when they get their three-point shooting falling and Dra- uh, Goran Dragic coming off the bench and performing for them. They're a tough team. They're always going to make it a, a game played to their tempo and their pace by trying to uh, slow it down, make it a defensive grind, and then just close the game out. So I think you just got to watch out for the Heat. They've been there. They're experienced. You, you just know what you're always getting on an Eric Spolstra coach team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. So, you know, they may not have as much talent as other teams in pure, you know, roster talent, but they're always a team that just fights and scraps to the end. So uh, they're back at 500 now, 18 and 18, which, you know, in itself is not a great record. But again, the last 16 games, quietly just uh, gone 11 and 5. And, and obviously when Jimmy's back on that team, it makes such a huge difference. And if he can stay healthy and play uh, the remainder of the second half of the season, 
you know, they could find themselves in third spot in the Eastern Conference, you know, yeah. sort of sneaking in there. So uh, watch out for them. All right, let's hear your answers to all of those questions, guys. The big, uh, the big questions for the second half of the NBA season. I know you guys were dropping them in the stream team. Tweet them in as well. I thought these guys were going to take a vacation. Who, us? We did. It was like three days. That was it. <laughs> we're back, baby. Uh, we're going to get to last night's games. We were only two on. We'll touch on those briefly, and then we got to look at these uh, earned edition jerseys and uh, crap on a lot of them, I think. But first, quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wow, man, we're running real long here. We had so much to talk about, though. Games, quickly. Valanchunas scores 29, leads the Grizzlies over the Wizards 127-112. I think, I thought about it. This is like the no-dunks trifecta in this game, right? Because we had, and we're going to show you them all, we had, a, we had a wedgie, check. We had big beef, check. We'll get to that in a second. And I think the third part of a game now, really, is a Canadian playing well. <laughs> it's, the, it's the homer card Over. for me. Uh, Dylan Brooks, he did a great job of guarding Bradley Beal. He's done it the last two times they played. He, he honestly gets at it. He's scrappy. He helped, you know, keep uh, Bradley in check. Uh, he's only scored 23 and then 21 points against Dylan Brooks in the last two games. This is the league's leading score. I mean, this guy goes for 35 most nights, so... He's gone 14 of 40, Beal has, from the field, including two from 12 from three-point range. So maybe that's just a little bit of him missing. But shout-out to Dylan Brooks and uh, good Grizzlies win. That would be my answer, for the way. The, by the way, of that question I asked you guys. A team primed to make a second-half run? Pull me down for the Grizzlies. Getting some of their guys back, hopefully Jaron Jackson Jr. soon. They're over 500, quietly. Uh, they're a tough out. And, uh, you know, Valanchunas having a monster game last night. 78 paint points. For the Grizzlies. But, come on, let's get to what everyone really wants to talk about. Yeah, baby. Wedgie number 29, and it was a quick whistle. Guys. Real quick. I mean, don't blink. You'll miss it. Right there. And oh, they blew it. Woo. Yeah, you think it's like the first time the ball sort of stalls, but I think that's almost like a ball stall. And then it gets tipped, wedged in. Barely, right there. yeah. Oh, man, but oh, that riff. It. That riff is right on the call there, ready. too. He wanted it. He wanted 29. He knows we're going for 50. Shout out to that officiating crew for giving us number 29. And, and uh, yeah, we're on pace still for 63. So love it. You know, we basically had a wedgie sort of right before the All-Star break. And then we pick one up on the first night of the second half of the season. And, Trey, we also got, of course, some big beef from uh, JV, former Raptor. Yeah, huge game for Valanchunas. 29 points, 20 rebounds. So, JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Jonas Valanciunas had 20 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. <laughs> Hungry? After a week-long break? Beef is back. <laughs> Do 
No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Yeah. Big one. Oh, a badass beef from Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> this was this was one of the best beefs of the season. Grade A choice cuts nice. from Valanciunas throwing guys out of the way. He didn't have a lot of just standing there rebounds. He had that one where like he jams his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Still got to grab the board. Just like you got to go grab yourself a big beef t-shirt either at nodunks.com or breakingtea.com slash nodunks. Because if you haven't heard, Big Beef is taking over the NBA. I saw our friend uh, Kenny Beecham tweeted at somebody who was posting uh, the Valanchunas stat line last night. He had his 20 rebounds. Kenny chimes in immediately. Big Beef. Hell yeah, Kenny. Love it. Love it. Had to hit him with a stake there. But even more importantly, we dug deep into the archives last week, and we found the very first mention of Big Beef on a basketball broadcast. Cantor with 22 points, 20 rebounds. Lamar has been a force down low. That's the Big Beef. Our no dunks friends, they call 20 rebounds the Big Beef. And Ennis, he loves it all. Snatching up all the rebounds. Wow. Well, of course it's Lamar. Right. Of course. This guy is the best. People are calling him the sixth man of the year for no dunks, and I think that's exactly right. <laughs> He's going from yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, going from city to city, whispering wedgies into the rim, dropping big beef on the broadcast. What a legend! Good stuff, Lamar. Shout out, and thanks to everybody that was like uh, tweeting at us and sliding into the Instagram DMs to like, hey, hey, you guys, uh, you talked about the big beef for Cantor, but you didn't give Lamar the shout out for the shout out. That's right. And, uh, that's right. So thanks for uh, keeping us uh, in check there. We had to give that to you, everybody. So. That's awesome. I th- that's it's gonna catch on. It's it's fun to say. It for some reason oddly works. So I think yeah. you've uh, knocked this one out of the park, Trey. This was uh, your creation, uh, and, and you've. Nah, it was a long time brewing, Skeets. You were the one who first said, "You know what I love?" This was during the 2019-20 season. <laughs> Planting a beef seed right in here. You said, uh, "You know what I love." A good rebound. (laughs) One of the craziest things I've ever heard. Uh, Laura's cousin texted me. He's like, did Skis just say he loves rebound highlights? I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy is a sicko. Years later, we were able to finally crack the code, and now it's taken over. You love to see it. Boards are back. That was a good thing about the big beef last night going against uh, Russell Westbrook. He had some great rebound highlights last Mm -hmm. night. He's maybe the best rebound highlight guy in the league, maybe. Oh wow, that's daring cool. rebounder for sure. Very, very good. I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And I love that. Uh, at least here in Atlanta, weather is uh, beautiful. It's turned. You know, like spring is here. The barbecue season is well, for me. It's here. It might be right around the corner for you, Lily. <laughs> I don't know when you're getting some street ribs to fire up. But like, point is, there's going to be some big beef on the barbecue soon. <laughs> Yeah, the street rib guy just turned up once, never saw him again. Never <laughs> saw him again. Well, and it was turns, a, it, it turns was, out a lot of people were buying street ribs from But the guy, yeah, remember there was the Norwegian uh, salmon too. And uh, there was something from Chile too. I can't remember what that was. <laughs> this but, uh, guy, this random Norwegian salmon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that salmon was great. Right. But uh, I mean, the company was owned by a guy from Melbourne as well. Like we were bonding. We're like, "Are you from Melbourne? Yeah, I'm from Melbourne, man." Oh what's, wow! What's my Melbourne Melbourne discount, bro? We uh, haven't seen him since. Never saw him again. 
Wow. Never. I went back same time, like Thursdays between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. He was supposed to be there. Never showed up again. Chilean Seabass, uh, AJ Santiago, was saying in the stream here, God, this stream too, I tell you, man. <laughs> they, don't forget anything. they don't forget anything at all. That Seabass was great. Why are turning into Tony the Tiger? Great. Have you fired up the barbecue yet? This uh, not yet, not yet, because it's usually a sort of a dinnery thing, and it does get just a little – it's been beautiful during oh, the day. Come on. Cools off a little baby. bit at night, but uh, – yeah, we just no, we just haven't got around to it yet. All I mean, right, but don't worry, right. we'll, we'll be doing it. Like after once it gets to that point where it's hot, it's like every night you could really be out there barbecuing. So, oh yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm looking up. Uh, I'm hitting the yellow pages later today. I'm looking up uh, <laughs> yeah. somebody to come clean my barbecue. I'm <laughs> doing right, it this just, year. Just uh, what have you got? What have you got? What are you working yourself, with, bro? No, yeah. I don't want some mess, bro. Or just buy a new one. To. Just buy a new I, one. Man. I will gladly pay someone $100 to come and do a thorough cleaning on my barbecue. Mm. Gladly, guys. You don't want that mess, man. What have you got, though? You what do you got? Uh, I got a uh, mess, man. It's your mess. I don't know. I got is a, it a Weber or yeah, a, a Weber? Uh, a Weber. Yeah, yeah, well, you just need to change the grill plate. You don't need like a, a no, no. You, you want? I want a real a of... thorough clean. I'm taking everything out. I'm taking the like the burner plates out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't, doesn't, have, pants doesn't have his own plunger. Won't clean his own grill. <laughs> no man, come on man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way. You know, look, I, there are some things I'll do. I'm definitely cleaning my own windows uh, just because I got experience in the window cleaning game. But <laughs> no, I decided. I'm like, this is something. I just don't want to do it. It's a mess. And I couldn't believe there was a service for us because I, I, I was like, didn't know this was a thing. But apparently it is. So uh, I'll let you know how it goes. I'll, there we I'll, go, I'll yeah. get the guy on Instagram live. I'll, t- I'll do a whole interview. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, all right. Next uh, game. Oh, yeah. One more game. Mavericks pulled away late to beat the Spurs 115-104. Any takeaways from this one, TK? Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about this game. But <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to watch. Luka Doncic, pretty good. Triple-double, yeah. a sick dagger. He had DeJounte Murray, I believe it was, just spinning around before he pulled back and hit the three, celebrated. But the story to me, Kristaps Porzingis, or as they called him on the broadcast after, Chris Porzingis. I guess he could go by Chris. Mm. Just hadn't heard that. 28 points, 14 rebounds for Porzingis. He got a shout-out from Greg Popovich after the game saying his work on the glass really hurt the Spurs, and that's definitely true. Porzingis is racking up double-doubles. I feel like he's moving better defensively. Mm-hmm. Mavericks have won 8 of 10 with him in the lineup, and that's why it's interesting to me that ESPN's Tim McMahon is reporting that the general feeling with Porzingis is that he's still available wow. if a team were interested in him because down the stretch for the Mavericks, it was basically Doncic and Porzingis pick and roll every single time, and it was working. Doncic is obviously a magician with the ball. He's able to get inside on anybody, but he looked good. Porzingis looked good. They seem like a perfect fit if Porzingis is able to continue to be a reliable guy if he's able to stay on the court because that's the thing. Once he's able to be playing for a while, he gets in a rhythm. You saw the chemistry with Doncic last night, but it's been on for 60 games, off for 60 games, on for 60 games, off for 60 games. So you can see why the Mavericks would be a little bit worried about his reliability, but when you see them both playing well, you see the plans, and it looks good. We'll see what Dallas does here because I think teams would still be interested in getting Porzingis. Uh, I don't know if he's established himself as guaranteed number two guy. He looked like it last night, but on another good team, he could be a three. Uh, some team maybe would want him to be their number one guy. I don't know if that's a great idea, but it's interesting to see Dallas still wanting to move him considering Porzingis is looking healthier and playing a lot better. Yeah, anything to add to that, Lily? 
Yeah, well, he's got three years and about $100 million left on that contract if he opts into that last season. So that's not just disgusting money in the NBA these days. A lot of guys are earning around that money. So do you are you prepared to take a chance on a guy who we know has an injury history, but at his best, as Trey's mentioned there last night, I thought he looked great. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, shooting the ball well, confident, getting to his spot, and really just exposing the fact that they had no one who could defend him. I mean, there's not many guys in the league who can really defend him, get a hand up in his face. So when he brings it like he did last night, Yes, you think the Mavericks with that Porzingis and Doncic combination can, you know, go far. They've they've been playing well, but it's just, will we now, you know, will he be out for 10 games next week just because of another injury? That's the big problem the Mavericks face. So I think they're happy with him playing this well. And I think, uh, yes, I think that phone is uh, is available to be called if you're a team and you're interested in Kristaps Porzingis. I think the Mavericks would take any calls on him still. Trade deadline is two weeks away, right? To the day. Yeah. Wow, incredible stuff. All right. Well, we're going long here, but I wanted to slip this in because this is going to be a lot of fun, I think. The up-down report with the earned edition jerseys. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down report. Yeah. Yesterday, the NBA officially unveiled its 2020-21 Nike NBA Earned Edition Uniform Collection, uh, exclusively available to the 16 NBA teams who earned a spot in the 2020 playoffs. Yes, this is a real thing. They introduced this like a couple years ago, and then it went away. They didn't have the Earned Edition, and now it's back suddenly. So the 16 teams that were in the playoffs last year... They got another jersey, and we're going to go through all of them, thumbs up or thumbs down. JD, my man's got them all racked up here. We're going to start with the Brooklyn Nets. Thumbs up or thumbs down on their earned edition jerseys, guys. What do you think? This is up for me. Yeah, I'm up. Okay, Trey, go ahead first. Why, why do you like them? I love herringbone. I'm a simple man, Skeets. I love a sawtooth pattern like that. There's a lot going on on this jersey, especially in the chestal region. You've got basically four logos within the space of a hand's width. But I like the look. Uh, I've always liked uh, the herringbone floor they have. And that, to me, is just one of the best patterns out there. Uh, Yeah, I'm up. I support public transport. Uh, (laughs) But, Lee, you obviously don't. No, it just looks like they have just literally slapped the uh, subway sign and number on the jersey there. And um, I understand they're trying to shout out, you know, the the, the subway system, the transit system in New York, but uh, it looks just a little too plain for me. Okay. All right. Okay. Again, let's uh, see the thumbs from everybody out there in the stream team. Next one, the Boston Celtics. Here we go. A lot of green in this one. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Whoa, Lee loves green. (laughs) Lee, why? Uh, I mean, it doesn't offend me, this one. Uh, It's fine. green? Yeah. I mean, they're the Celtics, so you expect green. I prefer that over any (laughs) gray uniforms. Great point. Any gray uniforms the Celtics have. They should only be in green or white, I think so. Yeah. And Trey, why are you down on these? Well, like Lee's saying, that's the Celtics. You expect green. Never really liked a black Celtics jersey, though I will say this one is probably the best black Celtics jersey for me because I like the uh, the bright neonish lime green that they've got going on as the middle stripe there. But a black Celtics jersey, not my favorite. Okay, um, yeah, just I you know just thinking broccoli. It's they got like a neon <laughs> green here, other green, too much green. Come on, Bean Town boys. Uh, all right, next one. Green beans. I believe it's the Dallas Mavericks jersey. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I'll go first. I'm thumbs down because don't they already have these jerseys? Yeah, no. yes, they're very similar. Yeah. Are these actually new jerseys? Because they, I don't think they are, but they're telling us they are. 
I, so I'm ultimately down on them because I just thought they already wore these. But you like them, Trey. Um, I like them compared to the alternate jerseys we've seen from the Mavericks the past couple of seasons. Like you're saying, this just looks like a Mavericks jersey. They kind of need to move on and get a new design, I think. But I do like this better than the white and gold one they had. And I certainly like it better than the Mountain Dew jerseys they were wearing last season. Okay. And Lee, what do you think? Yeah, it's just it, it doesn't look like they've tried all that much for this one. It's just like, let's just use some of our old font, change the colors up. That, okay. that's, that'll do from the map. <laughs> that, that'll do, Jersey. That'll uh, donk. Uh, all right, next one here. Now, this is uh, at least, you know, uh, interesting, different, mm. I would say, than the normal jerseys they wear. The Denver Nuggets earned edition jerseys. Yeah. Okay, you guys are you guys went thumbs up quick. I'm a, I'm a little split, but Trey, why do you love them? I just think this would look incredible tucked into a pair of Carhartt pants. <laughs> <laughs> you got a pickaxe on there for the miners. I always love what the Nuggets do. They just push the envelope a little bit. They like yeah. to do a, a weird logo on the front or like we're seeing here, there's no words. You know, they had Mile High City as a circle before. I'm here for this one. I also really like the color scheme they're using with the maroon and the gold and the blue, throwing it back to the 90s as they have for the mm-hmm. past couple seasons. Yeah, that's why I'm split. I love the color scheme. So in on it. I love even the white jersey. We don't have a like a ton of white jerseys here in these earned editions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the logo I, I, feels a little clip arty to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's they're keeping it simple. Maybe that was the whole plan. But Lee, you like them? Yeah, I do too. And it's for the same reasons, the colors are great. Um, I wonder when we're going to get an emoji just as a team's uh, on, on their earned edition. You know? <laughs> You're talking about clip art. I mean, I think emoji's the next uh, step. So. Yeah. yeah, well, that's a a great point, Lee. The the next one is the Houston Rockets. They should just go with the Rockets uh, emoji. Uh, yeah, it'd be better than these, in my opinion. I'm down on these. They're just yeah, just, that looks just like a training jersey. Like you yeah, know, that's what we just use in uh, practice. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was an easy one. Everybody's down, Trey. I saw your thumbs down. Not much to add, I assume. I need a little white trim on this, I would say, yeah. is the, the issue for me. Going straight black and red, I think, can look a little severe sometimes. Break it up with some white around the word rockets or maybe a stripe on the side. Okay, I will say maybe a tiny thumbs up. There's no uh, there's no ad patch on those. Hey, nice. <laughs> so, nice call. <laughs> I guess maybe no one wanted to put their ad on these. Maybe they're that bad. Uh, next one, Indiana Pacers. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the Pacers? Um, uh, I'm sort of up. I'm one thumb up. Trace two thumbs up. Lee, you're you're, you're uh, having it, it, on it over feels, there. It feels like this is we've, this is the jersey they wear. You know. Um, well, I don't think we've had the lines going diagonal. Yeah, uh, sideways. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to go like that. It's oh, not a diagonal. Side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. okay. Trey, why do you like them? Love a yellow jersey, love a pinstripe jersey, and I love something that just barely, barely changes something that we're used to. So this y'all talk about maybe – what era of the Pacers would you say this relates like to? Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal, yeah. yeah. Jermaine O'Neal is a good one. Uh, so, yeah, I'm here for it. Okay. I think they I think they just ripped off the NBA All-Star jerseys with this one, to be honest, and put those uh, pinstripes on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the L.A. teams. We'll start with the Clippers. We got ourselves – a gray jersey. <laughs> Big thumbs down. We are not usually fans of gray jerseys here on the show. And these are just, I mean, you talk about ultimately who gives a shit. This yeah. is the Clippers just mailing it in. Right? <laughs> They're like, just yeah. they don't care, it seems like, at all. What are the, that's like, what have we earned to get this earned jersey? <laughs> <laughs> we were up 3 1. We, yeah. we didn't earn anything. Yeah, you're down, uh, TK. Yeah, I saw our buddy Amir said that this looks like a Nintendo cartridge. (laughs) 
that's kind of what the gray is. Gray yeah. jerseys are tough, uh, but this would be. I do think this looks just like a nice tank top somebody could wear. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily a basketball jersey, okay. but a nice tank top. Wow! Oh my God, I can't not see the Nintendo cartridge. Totally. I would, lo- I would love to take that jersey, pick it up, and blow on the side of it. See if I can change it a little bit. All right, the other LA team, the Lakers, earned edition. Let's see it. Ooh, we are going Ooh. black. Um, I'm thumbs up on these at first i thought it was going to be down now we've seen the lakers do black jerseys before uh so this is obviously a variation trey what what are you liking about this i guess i assume you like the the piping of the gold there around the the numbers and the word yep i think it looks great we've seen a black lakers jersey a bunch of times we just happened to randomly talk about it with the the all-star game in atlanta the last time it was here and the hoop it up squads wore it but this is a classic that they bring back from time to time it always looks good they didn't really push the envelope with anything because this is so good why not just bring it back yeah same thing lee yeah it's like this this does feel like a jersey like I'm like they've worn this, right? Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, had this yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but those but colors nice. do those colors do pop there with it. So uh, I think that's great. I think that probably if they have the floor as well, it'll look great out there on the TV watching that. So yeah. Okay, our next one we've actually uh, talked about before, and it's the Miami Heat and their mustard <laughs> yellow Pacers like jerseys. Big thumbs down from me. Lee goes thumbs down, and Trey is torn. Trey wants to like it. He loves it. <laughs> I want to like it. I want to like it. I gotta officially go down. Yeah. Uh, we got the Pacers jersey now, and it, <laughs> this looks like a Pacers jersey. And this Crazy. Pacers jersey doesn't look as good as the real Pacers jersey. Mm. So uh, sorry, sorry to the Heat. Okay, next one. Milwaukee Bucks. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down. You see Ooh. the antlers there on the side. Yeah, I thought everybody was going to like this one. You like the antlers, Lily? Yeah, I do. I think that's a really nice subtle touch there that they've added to it. So Subtle? Uh, I wouldn't yeah. say it's that subtle. But. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's just a nice little play on their uh, traditional design there. Nice yeah. colors. So, and I and like it goes, it goes down into the shorts, too. Yeah. We're obviously not yeah. showing you the entire look. But I, I think it does look cool. You like this, TK? Yeah, I love that a season after the Cream City jersey, the Bucks rolled out a horny jersey. <laughs> Great stuff. Love it. Uh, let's roll the Skeets cam. I mean the hand sanitizer cam. Uh, all right. Everybody likes it. Uh, yeah, it's next good. one. It's good. OKC. Oh, oh, that's the heat. Let's go to the OKC there. Uh, scroll <laughs> down. just right. ripping off the heat, run. Yeah, no, no. Here oh. we go. The Thunder. I am thumbs up on these. Only because I think it's their best maybe jersey, which is not saying a whole lot because uh, I hate most of their looks, but I actually like the colors here. Trey likes it too. Yeah, is this – do you think this is navy or black? Navy. navy. I, I agree, and I, I really yeah. like um, a navy light blue combo. This is a pr- just a solid-looking jersey. I've always actually kind of liked the slightly off-center Thunder slash OKC font they did. They had – um those ones that had like OKC on the front and orange not too long ago. These are good. These are good. Okay. That patch is still a giant though. Huh? Oh yeah. The love <laughs> patch is disgusting. I mean, it'd be so much better without him. Uh, a lot of downs for this one. And Lee, you were a down. So yeah, I, li- I like the colors. I, I don't actually like that. Um, that sort of, what do you call it? Broken up. Offset uh, or something. Yeah. Sure. Cause I'm sort of, I can't look at it. Cause I'm like, um, I'm like, oh, I think I don't know if it's my eyes playing tricks on me or the computer screen. I don't know what it oh, is. But yeah, it's don't, broken. Yeah, okay. don't don't like that. Okay, a couple more here. Orlando Magic, thumbs up or thumbs down on their earned edition jerseys. Also going white. I'm thumbs up. I yeah. love the I love the the stars like the the pinstripes down or what? Not pinstripes, but the the star uh, motive. Yeah, panel down the sides. I like it. Everybody's up. Okay? Yeah, I like that. That's good. 
Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, you, you talked <laughs> me into it, Skeets. It's all about the panels for me. It's all about the panels for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Four more left. Philadelphia 76ers. Let's see it. I'm down. Man, this one looks like they made it in literally three seconds to me. They're like, okay, throw a bell on there. I'm down. <laughs> throw a bell on it. Why not? Yeah, Trey, you're down. I, I, I do like uh, – I love a cream jersey. Uh, I like when they go with a – it looks like a parchment paper or something like that, but this ain't it. Okay. And Lee, did you even go th- – you can't sure. decide. I'm not sure because I saw this one out the other day, and I actually didn't mind it when I saw it. But looking at it now – but it was not the whole jersey. It was more just like the image there of the bell. And I was uh, like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Now I'm seeing the full jersey, and I'm like, ah, oh, it looks more like a telephone, an old-style telephone there, remember? <laughs> yeah. You know, with the receiver yeah. on top. Uh, I'll go – I'm just going to go middle for this one. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. I need more time. Middle. <laughs> it's feel like the Tobias <laughs> Harris's of jerseys, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, okay. Uh, three more. Portland Trailblazers. They uh, switched it up on us. They, they, people were calling this – I don't know if any of you were watching WandaVision. People were calling this the White Vision. Uh, <laughs> these jerseys going full on black and white. I, I'm, I guess I'm down, but God, the Blazers Lee, have you been like batting. Them. The Blazers have been batting a thousand on jerseys. I think. I think they finally missed one on this one. Okay, it, this one does look like it's grey, and and I, I've got to be consistent with my uh, not loving the greys. Um, okay, yeah, down. Trey, you like it? I'm conflicted. Okay. I love the Blazers jerseys in general. I think uh, the stripe is just an iconic look. And I do like how the Blazers have never gone with a jersey that has basically no color. So ultimately, I think I'm going to go up here. Uh, it's their classic look. It just changed up a little like the first couple of episodes of WandaVision. <laughs> That's right. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. I don't know. Has Portland played in Brooklyn yet this year? Because if we get them in these jerseys sure. against the Nets in their black jerseys on that black and white court, yeah. it would be pure insanity. But uh, I don't know if they've played already. Okay, final uh, two. The Raptors. Now, Trey, I saw you tweeting about these. Oh. You, were, you were a fan. I, I am. Uh, mm. I'm torn on this one. They're, they're a two-tone. We got the Chevron still. I, I got, I'm split. But why do you like them so much, TK? Well, for me, this is the best Raptors jersey in history. The Vince Carter wow. edition with the purple front, black on the back. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I just, I love it. Uh, the shorts to me, I saw the jersey first. Love yeah. the jersey here. The shorts, <laughs> the shorts have a Chevron up to your junk. There's no yeah. other way to say it. It's <laughs> very junk heavy, I feel like, but the purple is back. It looks great. And I, it, the nod to Vince Carter, I think is good. Uh, the shorts are a little weird, though. Yeah, that's why I'm ultimately ultimately split. I love the colors. Of course, I love the purple. Um, but I too many chevrons when you throw the shorts in. <laughs> and I also look at these, and this isn't just these ones, Lee, but like I read the Raptors the way it goes with the chevron, and I think like something's like off kilter a little bit. Like I can't <laughs> stop looking at it, and it drives me insane. Like that's that art to me man. looks, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like a you know, obviously like a, a painting hanging in yeah. somebody's house. Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. not straight, man. Um, so that I always do that with these. It's just because oh. of the the weird thing. But I love the purple. But you you you're split or down on them? What were you? Yeah, don't don't come and check out the ring doorbell at my house. I screwed it in the other day. I think I got it just a oh, tiny bit. Oh, drive me! I'm coming over to fix it. <laughs> but I've screwed it in. I've screwed it in. It's like, what am I going to do now? Unscrew it and then re-screw yes. it. Oh my god! Because yes, you're going to look at it and, and it's going to bother you every time. But I, but I had the little uh, balance thing on there, and I'm just like, uh, it's fine. But now when I've put it on there, I'm just like, it just looks a touch off to uh, me. But man. anyway, uh, I. 
I just don't like these. I, I would say just go all purple on that. Don't get the black in there. Just make it a full purple. I oh, think interesting. You all purple. might have been able to make it a better jersey. I'm not sure, but um, oh wow, yeah. a guy named Purple Dallas doesn't like these, so they're not good <laughs> in the stream team. <laughs> Final one. Uh, back to the green, and it's Utah Jazz going with the oh. uh, obviously their note version, but leaning into their historic greens uh, way back in the day. I'm up. Yeah. You know, you don't maybe think of the green when you think of the jazz, but they've done this a little bit before. Yeah. It's okay, Lee, go first. You like them? Oh, yeah, no, I think that's, uh, again, a simple one, uh, a bit of a, a like extension of some of the other jerseys they've had, but they've kept it simple enough, so okay. I'm fine with it. And, uh, Trey, you like them? Oh, totally. Green and gold, classic. This looks great. I don't love the panels on the side, but all things considered, this is really nice. Okay, so there they are, all 16 earned edition jerseys. I mean... Why? You can ask yourself for a lot of these. Uh, do we really need them? Probably not. But some of them are okay. We we're thumbs up on them. Some of them we dislike. Let's hear from you guys. Uh, let us know in the YouTube comments if you're watching this a little bit later, which ones you like. At least let us know your favorites and uh, the ones you hate the most. Here's a question. You think they're going to have earned edition jerseys for the play-in tournament next season? <laughs> you get half a jersey? Something like that? It's a great question. Um I guess not though, because the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies didn't have one, right? They were That's right. in the play-in tournament last year. One touch I did like is that the Lakers get a gold swoosh, right? Everybody else gets the, the silver. silver swoosh with everybody else. Uh, nice, yep. nice action. So maybe though, maybe if you make the play-in tournament, you get a bronze swoosh. Okay, <laughs> yeah, moving forward, it's not a bad idea. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon. Let's say I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, let's get to uh, Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Talking jerseys with the boys. So today's Tweet of the Night, I think it actually came from... Oh, okay, good. It actually did happen last night. It's a tweet from <laughs> J.R. Hickey who said, um, who is this for? With a picture of the craziest collection of logos. You got a Grizzlies logo... With a Hornets logo on top of it, a Bulls logo on top of that, <laughs> a Lakers logo on top of that, a Warriors logo on top of that, and a Hawks logo on what top. What the hell is going on here? Things off. Like, I don't also, know. Also, what is that Grizzlies logo? I mean, the head, yeah. Sure. But, like, I've never <laughs> seen them Where'd that put, put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this Grizzly has a whole body behind it? That's crazy. Um, yeah. Somebody from our account, I'm guessing it's you, Skeets. Yeah. This was made for Lee Ellis. The yeah. only changes you would need, I think you're taking out the Grizzlies, probably, putting yeah. in the Knicks. Knicks. <laughs> Lakers, I think, is a questionable call here as well. Maybe you would slide the Knicks in there as well. <laughs> or the Cleveland Cavaliers, but uh, pretty solid. Pretty solid yeah. collection. Yeah, yeah for the, sure. The- Lee, these are some of your teams. The Warriors, no doubt. You're yeah. there with Curry. The Hawks, you're here in Atlanta. The Hornets, you can't stop talking about them. <laughs> I know the Bulls, I guess, yeah, like just throw it out. I mean, back. yeah. Yeah. But I'm I mean, with it, you. I think it's got to have the Cavs and Knicks in the mix here. Too. Yeah. I started as a Lakers fan back in the very oh, okay. early days. Yeah. They, they, they were my first team. Then the Rockets with Akeem Elijah one. The run TMC Warriors. You couldn't help but not be a Bulls fan there in the mid-90s. Uh, the Hornets, of course, when they came in, they were just the, the sexiest team in the league when they first came in. Um, yeah, Grizzlies, I guess, would be the one you would you would transfer out there for the Cavs or the Knicks or someone like that. Uh, <laughs> but the Hawks, shirt. you know, there's – do you think – can you name any – like who's the player who's represented those <laughs> teams? Uh, Al Gasol's played on three of them. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Jose uh, Calderon technically, I think, played for three as well. The Lakers, Warriors, and the Hawks. Oh, wow. That is tough. Is there somebody who's played for four of those I teams? mean, like a Tony Massenberg or a Chucky Brown or a uh, Ish Smith. I mean, I'm trying to – I'm just trying to think who's um... – <laughs> Yeah, they played for like, a, you know, a third of the league, so the yeah. chances are high. All right, well, yeah. let us know. That's a, By tomorrow, I want someone to find someone – I would love it if it was like a somewhat current player. Yeah, uh, sure. Played for four of those teams. Can you do it? Let us know. Somebody <laughs> in the YouTube comments, I'm sure, is on it. All right, pick them results. Just quickly, we uh, picked the All-Star game line. It was LeBron versus uh, Durant's team. LeBron was favored by three and a half, Team LeBron. They hammered them. They won by 20. We had a lot of fun during our All-Star um, Sunday night watch party. Shout out to everybody that joined us for that. We uh, watched the dunk contest together and then sort of the second half and had a blast. Anyway, win for Tass. He's on fire. He's 5-0 and here in the month of March. Lee, that's a victory for you. You backed LeBron. You're 2-3. and Trey and I had Team KD. We swerved a little bit, and uh, Trey falls to 3-2. and I'm 1-4, and so this is by far my worst month. I was actually doing well up until this point. Trey will um, pay off his February pick'em <laughs> loss 
next week while on vacation. Are you laughing about the dork comment that popped <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah, or are you yeah, laughing yeah. about uh, something else? <laughs> He's laughing about that door that popped up. There. That's Dream fine. Team is moving too fast because we got an answer about a player oh. who's played on a lot of oh. those teams. It's not dork. Yeah. No, it's not dork. But Jeremy oh. Lin was a hawk. He yep. was a hornet. He was a warrior. He was a laker. And wow. he he was never a grizzly or a bull, no, though, right? But no, I mean, no. four four is pretty solid. Good call. Very the nice. funny. The funny thing it's about this is uh, looking at these as well. These are almost the only teams Jeff Green hasn't played for. Wow. <laughs> maybe that's maybe. why it's me. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's yeah. the yeah. hidden meaning behind yeah. that shirt. Yeah. Interesting. Started with all thirty teams, and now he's just slowly removing them as they sign. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. True. True. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So Trey is going to pay off his uh, pick'em loss next week while Trey is on vacation. That's a uh, part of the punishment here. Trey's going to be off for next week, uh, but we're still making you do your payoffs. So you're going to have to record it and send it in. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. It's going to involve a couple of things, but it should be, uh, well, it'll be stupid. I'll tell you that. But it should be uh, maybe a little bit of a punishment and definitely funny, I think. So tonight's pick'em game, though, back to making the picks here. It's the Celtics-Nets game. It's on TNT. Nets favored by two and a half. Lee, get us started. Where are you going? Uh, Nets, I think three points, yeah. They should win. I think that Celtics actually played pretty well closing uh, the all-star break there, but yep. uh, I like the Nets at home. Okay, Trey, where are you going? Yeah, I'm on the Nets here too, only because I think that they could win the Eastern Conference and the Celtics are going to struggle in the second half of the season. What are the odds that two of the teams I picked are coming <laughs> up in the pick'em game? Give me the Nets tonight. Well, you told me too. The Nets like just dominate on nationally televised games against good teams. Ah, I gotta go Nets too. I, I can't. Uh, I can't swerve on this one. Mm. I'd be way too far back because I actually think the Brooklyn Nets cover. Let's find out who tests us. I don't know how good Marcus Smart is going to be in his return, but I'm betting on the juice he's going to give the Boston Celtics to get him over the hump against the Brooklyn Nets. Wow, Tasco and Celtics going with the Beantown boys. Task perfect in the month of March. So Kenny can get 6-0 after tonight. We will see. And uh, we'll sort of see together, at least the second half, that game, part of our NBA happy hour. So come join us at halftime of the Celtics-Nets game. We'll go live on YouTube. There it is. Uh, and we'll just hang out. We'll uh, keep our eye on the game, talk about it a little bit. But as we said, we're going to talk about houses. Oh, oh so yeah. much about houses. You're going to learn a lot tonight. It's going to be like a master class in how to buy a house from the No Dunks crew. So join us tonight, uh, halftime of the Celtics Nets on TNT. I believe it's an early start, Lily. You'll be happy about that. You can get that red wine in you. A little mm. earlier tonight. Mm. I don't bridge. think I have any red wine. I think I've still got some Mount Gay left over from, uh, oh, was that just last week, Mount Gay? Oh, we talked to Big Matt? Yeah. Wow. That was yeah. a week ago only. Wow. Yeah. It was a week yeah. ago. Yeah. Wow, okay. that feels That's still good. Right? Yeah. That's still <laughs> good. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll do that tonight. Uh, also, Top Shot Hot Boys, like I said, about 2 o'clock this afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to open up a Rising Stars pack. Eight. Uh, Top Shot Trey and Showcase Skeets Will. So join us. I'll talk a little Top Shot. And uh, yeah, should be fun. Guys, like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Man, we went long here. Boys were jonesing to talk to each other after having a couple days off. Grab your classic merch over at nodunks.com. Grab yourself an athletic subscription, just $3.99. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Awesome content over there. And uh, again, join us uh, for the Top Shot Hot Boys later today. But most importantly, join us for NBA Happy Hour live tonight. Come hang with your boys. Good show, guys. Thanks for joining us, stream team. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, forget about Frosted Flakes. 
Norwegian salmon is great. Praise <laughs> <laughs> the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.